Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 24 of Revelation chapter 14. We're going to be reading verses 10 and 11. The same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. And they have no rest day nor night who worship the beast in his image and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. Well, um, in our last study, we were talking about the presence of the holy angels or holy messengers. And we saw, for instance, that God has said in Psalm 37. No, I read it last time. I'll read it again. Psalm 37, verse 34. Wait on Jehovah and keep his way, and he shall exalt thee to inherit the land when the wicked are cut off, thou shalt see it. And this is um, said in a slightly different way in Psalm 91. Psalm 91, verse 7. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. God is speaking of his people, his elect, and the unsaved are falling by the thousands, by the ten thousands, and, and those numbers point to completeness. It's, it's every unsaved person, all around them are falling under the wrath of God. They're, they're experiencing the severe anger of God, but it will not come nigh thee, and you will see with your eyes the reward, the payment for sin of the wicked. And and that's what God has in view with uh, Revelation 14 in verse 10, that these things, the, the cup of the wrath of God given to those that worship the beast, and who worships the beast? All whose names are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life, Revelation 13 said. And so uh, they are all falling at the side of the believers, at the right hand, and all around us and our families, our neighbors, our friends, our co-workers, uh, those that despise us, all around the wicked have fallen in the day of judgment, God has sealed their faith by shutting the door of heaven. They are guaranteed to die the eternal death of annihilation. And yet uh, the true believers were not raptured. They, uh, God's people were not taken out of the world. They weren't removed, but they were, they were hid. They, as God says in Isaiah 26, come, my people, 
Enter thou into thy chambers and shut thy doors about thee until the indignation be overpassed. And then it speaks of God coming out and punishing the wicked of the world. And, and, and we're hid, the uh, Colossians tells us, in salvation or through salvation. That's how we are hid in the day of the wrath of God through the salvation, the, the saving work of the Lord Jesus Christ on our behalf as he has granted that salvation to all of his elect. This is our refuge. This is our protection. This is our hiding place in the day of God's fierce anger. Now, this um, that very thing is also said in another psalm. In Psalm 9, it says in verse 7, But Jehovah shall endure forever. He has prepared his throne for judgment, and he shall judge the world in righteousness. He shall minister judgment to the people in uprightness. Jehovah also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. And that trouble is the trouble of judgment day. God is our refuge. And so we can see why it is and how it is that he has left his people on the earth to live, to go through this period of judgment day, a prolonged period of time. He he has several purposes for this, to try them, to make manifest that they were judged in Christ, in the person of the Lord Jesus from the foundation of the world, and to bring himself glory as their endurance unto the end will give glory to the foundation that they were built upon, that rock that is Christ himself, and God will protect his people. He will keep them safe. He is their refuge through the salvation he has already granted them. They will endure. It's guaranteed. There's there's no possibility they can be burned up. The fire will only serve to purify them as gold and silver is purified and to bring them through unto the point of eternity uh, when God will destroy this world and he will create a new heaven and new earth. Well, uh, all these things are done in the presence of the holy messengers and in the presence of the Lamb, Christ, eternal God himself. And then it says in verse 11, And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. The smoke of their torment, and this reminds us of what was said in the previous verse, verse 10, that we looked at, speaking of the one who worships the beast, he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone. So, naturally, smoke goes with fire and brimstone. Fire and brimstone represents the wrath, the wrath of God, and the smoke of their torment, the smoke of that fire and brimstone, as God is uh, punishing the wicked people of the world, ascendeth up for ever and ever. 
Uh, this language is found in a couple of places. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 34. And Isaiah 34 is a major chapter dealing with Judgment Day. And we read, uh, beginning in verse 8, For it is the day of Jehovah's vengeance and the year of recompenses for the controversy of Zion. And it's interesting how God speaks of judgment day. It's the day of Jehovah's vengeance. And yet he also uses a figure of a year, the year of recompenses. And that's similar, uh, very similar to what we find concerning salvation, where the Bible uh, refers to the acceptable year of the Lord as the period in which God saves, and also the day of salvation. So God uses basically the same um, kind of language to describe salvation as a year and as a day. And in both cases, the actual um, working out of salvation in this world lasted much, much longer than that, centuries and centuries and centuries. And likewise, he speaks of a day of judgment and a year of recompense or judgment. And we've talked about why that is, uh, because God's overall judgment is typified, the, the judgment on the church, first of all, is typified by seven months in First uh, Samuel when the ark is taken by the Philistines. That pictures the entire Great Tribulation period. And then Judgment Day on the world is typified by five months in Revelation 9. And when we put the two together, seven months of judging the churches during the Great Tribulation, five months judging the world during Judgment Day, equals 12 months or one total year of recompense, a year of judgment. Well, it it is the year of recompenses for the controversy of Zion. And then it says in verse 9, And the streams thereof shall be turned into pitch, and the dust thereof into brimstone, and the land thereof shall become burning pitch. It shall not be quenched night nor day, the smoke thereof shall go up forever from generation to generation. It shall lie waste. None shall pass through it forever and ever. And this is very similar. It mentions uh, brimstone and, and burning pitch, fire and brimstone in other words. And then the smoke thereof shall go up forever. Now, uh, uh, does this mean that when God punishes the sinner, when he, he punishes the wicked man, that that man will suffer forever and ever? No, it doesn't mean that. We've learned by God's grace, and, and this was a wonderful truth that he revealed during the time of the Great Tribulation, the time when Judgment began at the house of God, and he opened up the scriptures that had been sealed till the time of the end to reveal many things, one of which was the judgment of God is destruction. 
That's why the Bible speaks of man perishing or a man being destroyed or a man being cut off. All those things point to an end of man, not uh, an eternal suffering going on and on and on. For instance, in Isaiah 51, in Isaiah 51, verse 6, it says, Lift up your eyes to the heavens and look upon the earth beneath, for the heaven shall vanish away like smoke and the earth shall wax old like a garment, and they that dwell therein shall die in like manner. But my salvation shall be forever, and my righteousness shall not be abolished. Now notice what God is saying here. He's saying that the heavens will vanish away like smoke, and the earth shall wax old like a garment. And what is our understanding of the destruction of this earth, of the heavens and the earth, this this creation that God created when we read Genesis 1 and, and he spoke and created the world and he created the sun and the moon and the stars, the universe, and he created the creatures and especially the supreme creation of man uh, to have dominion over all that he created on this earth. What is our understanding? We know that God brought corruption upon the the entire creation, the earth, the animals, the plants, um, even the universe out there. Everything has been tainted with corruption. Once man fell into sin, God could not have a perfect universe ruled over by imperfect sinful men. So he brought corruption upon the whole and and we know since it is corruptible that God will destroy it and he speaks of destroying it by fire in second Peter chapter three. And and what is our understanding of the destruction of this world and, and the universe, these creations that, that God has created? We understand that God will burn it up. And just as it says here, the heavens shall vanish away like smoke and be gone. That is it. They will, they will not burn forevermore. They, they will not be continually ongoing, eternally destroyed and, and the fire will burn and consume and the smoke will go up. And, and that will always be it. You could always look over to this creation somehow and see it ablaze and, and, and see it eternally burning. No, no, it, no theologians, not anyone who, who understands the Bible has ever thought that. We realize God says he will destroy it and we understand what he means by destroy, by having the heavens vanish away like smoke. They're gone. They're gone forever. They're, they're, uh, annihilated. The, the heavens are, are completely annihilated with just a word from God is all it will take. He, he could snap his finger and do that like he, he just spoke a word and created them all. It, it's not too much for him. It's not too heavy a thing. And 
So God will just remove it. These things are, are part of this world that we read of in Hebrews 12, where it says in verse 26, whose voice then shook the earth, but now he has promised, saying, yet once more, I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word, yet once more, signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. The earth will be shaken and heaven and removed, be gone, disappear, vanish away. And then God will create a new heaven and new earth that cannot be shaken, that will never be removed, in other words. And that's what is in view by Second Peter 3's language and also Isaiah 51, 6, that the heaven shall vanish away like smoke and the earth shall wax old like a garment. All right, you're probably thinking, well, yes, we know that. Everybody knows that, or most people know that. So what? What's the significance of that? The significance is what it says at the end of verse 6. After making that statement concerning the vanishing way of the heavens like smoke and, and earth waxing old like a garment. It says, and they that dwell therein. Now, who's that? That's the people. They dwell in the earth. They that dwell therein shall die in like manner. Like manner. As God destroys the heaven and earth and makes them go away and disappear and vanish and be no more, he will destroy the sinner in like manner. The Lord mentions this in many places in the Bible. For instance, in Job chapter 20, it says in verse 4, Knowest thou not this of old, since man was placed upon earth, that the triumphing of the wicked is short, and the joy of the hypocrite but for a moment? Though his excellency mount up to the heavens, and his head reach unto the clouds, yet he shall perish for ever like his own dung. They which have seen him shall say, Where is he? He shall fly away as a dream, and shall not be found. Yea, he shall be chased away as a vision of the night. The eye also which saw him shall see him no more, neither shall his place any more behold him. What a terrible description of the end of man. Man who is created in the image and likeness of God, eternal God, who is from everlasting to everlasting, and man was created likewise to live forever, and he would have as long as he obeyed, as long as Adam and Eve obeyed God and kept his commandments, there would have been no death. But Adam and Eve sinned and brought ruin to their souls, ruin to the creature man, to mankind. And and ever since, 
men were under the wrath of God, subject to destruction, and when men died physically, their thoughts were no more. They were like the beasts that perish, or as even worse, as Job compares it to dung, uh, perishing forever like his own dung. And also a comparison is made to a dream. Our life is lived and it's like a dream if we're unsaved. A dream that seems exciting and, and, and full while you're dreaming. But then you awake and it's gone from you. Sometimes you can't even remember anything that took place in that dream, no matter how hard you try. It just flies away. And that is the life of the person that has no Savior. There will come a time with either their death or the end of this world, and that will be it. There will be no more remembrance of them forevermore. We also read in Psalm 104, verse 35, which is the last verse of the psalm, Let the sinners be consumed out of the earth, and let the wicked be no more. Blessed thou, Jehovah, O my soul, praise ye Jehovah. Now, how is God to to explain to us annihilation? How is he to put it into words what nothingness is? When, when the sinner experiences his wrath and is destroyed, well, has not God tried to explain it to us? When he speaks of perishing like one's own dung, when he talks of being cut off, and, and you will see it, he says to his people, or when he, he speaks of man being destroyed by fire, and again and again, God has attempted, and of course, he's done it perfectly. The fault lies with our uh, our weakness, our frail uh, frame, and, and our uh, frailness of mind to understand the word of God. But God has written throughout the whole Bible using this kind of language, and yet mankind in the church and now the church has gotten it wrong all through history. There has been a misunderstanding of God's judgment and wrath and what it would be. And so uh, there has been much teaching about a place called hell where God will cause the sinner to suffer and to burn forever and ever. And verses like Revelation fourteen eleven or 10 and 11 are are pointed to and say, well, there it is, you see. And yet, that conclusion is only derived as a result of carelessness, of not searching the whole Bible, of not looking closely at everything that God has to say. And when he says in Revelation fourteen eleven, the smoke of their torment, ascendeth up forever and ever. And when we search that phrase, we realize, well, it it cannot be speaking of eternal suffering of the wicked. The Bible will not allow it. God's own law prohibits overmuch punishment. There must be a limitation set according to a law given 
in Deuteronomy chapter 25, where a judge can prescribe 40 stripes, no more. And, and that indicates, since God is under his own law, there must be a limitation for punishment. And God would follow his own law, and he can prescribe um, degrees of wrath, and sometimes severe wrath. But God would not, could not possibly ever condemn a sinner to unlimited punishment without end. That would go contrary to other scripture, to the law of God that is in the Bible. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.